Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Advancing Garage Logic segment number one. Where to begin? It's been hectic trying to put this together. We, have we yet been told why uh, the police body cam video of the Thurman Blevins shooting was released on a Sunday night? Have we? Has that ever been determined? Is that important? Uh, I don't know. I, I The question was raised to the mayor about the release, but I don't know that we got a real uh, answer. How much of the mayor do you have on audio? Uh, I have... Jacob a, Fry. Let me just see what how that times out. I've got... Let's see. Up until he answers questions, and that is about three minutes. Three minutes and ten seconds. Uh, I do not have. I, I did not. I can have access to, but I did not record his question and answer period. But I can have access to that if you want that. Well, uh, play the mayor, and I'll I'll cut it off when I can't stand it anymore. Okay. All right. While the body camera footage is now released, this is just one part of an effort to bring greater transparency to these processes. In the weeks and months ahead, we will undoubtedly learn more. In this quest to bring about greater transparency, there will be pain. Transparency is not the absence of pain in cases like this. It is an acknowledgement of it. And I know that right now, in our city, there is a lot of pain. Pain in many cases that I can't fully understand. I did not experience the pain of systemic inequities that continue to exist in areas well beyond policing and public safety. Stop. The narrative that Mysterians sell or peddle is precisely what the mayor just said there. That somehow he he is he he will be able to uh, tie the unfortunate death of Blevins into the idea that this is the result of systemic inequities. No, it was the result of extremely poor behavior. Continue. But we all need to understand that this pain is felt acutely by communities of color. That must be acknowledged. We also must acknowledge that we are still bound by a shared humanity. We are still capable of holding two convictions in our hearts at once. Justice must be delivered to those who have historically been denied it. And the men and women of our MPD wear the uniform they do and accept the risks they do because they want to make Minneapolis a better place. We can't make our city a better place by demonizing all police or by failing to recognize that black lives do matter. We need to listen to one another. I believe in Minneapolis. All right, stop. 
he's just stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's a sensitive young guy who uh, is going to pander completely uh, to any community of color. That's what Mysterians do. By the same token as the mayor, he was just smart enough to throw a little tip of the cap to the police department. What what was not transparent here? Now that we've seen the video, what it's terribly transparent. What it, it, you shouldn't run through town uh, with a gun in your hand. That's rule rule number one. Now, Fry's not alone in selling this narrative. the The woman who maneuvers herself into the a position of speaking out first and foremost is Nakima Levy Pounds. I also saw her referred to as Nakima Levy Armstrong. How did she, how did you uh, contact her by Pounds or Armstrong? I by Nakima Levy Pounds and I got her a cell phone number and uh, we exchanged texts. And her text, her last text to you is she declines our invitation to come on the show. Uh, that's correct. She said, apologies for the delay. I would like to decline this invitation. Mm -hmm. And I politely said, I understand. Thank you. Maybe another time. She was on this morning on the old neighbor with John Hines and Hines. He didn't get five words in. She, uh, took it over. She likes to talk. And again, she is selling a narrative that boils down to this police. I, I would imagine she would suggest most often white police routinely shoot black males. That's her narrative. And there's a fatal flaw in her narrative. What's the fatal flaw? Well, A, it's not true. Right. But but beyond that, what's flawed about it is that she has set up she has set up a, a a storyline by which no black male in Minneapolis is safe. Is that is that a fair statement? You've heard her as often as I. Yes, have. that's her. That's her. That's that's her narrative. No black male is safe in Minneapolis. Therefore, then, what I wanted to ask her is, and this was this came up this morning. I'll see if I can explain it. Why did this fellow run? And her answer was, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't have her exact sentence mm-hmm. uh i'm paraphrasing she said well we all know why he ran well yes he ran because in other words because no black male is safe in your narrative then what all black males should run from the police that gets you in trouble that doesn't get you in more trouble, that yeah. doesn't prevent harm that brings about harm so she is selling a very dangerous narrative she is selling the idea that police officers just capriciously, whimsically, arbitrarily, routinely shoot black males. Not all true. All right. To, to back you up, after the Freeman press conference, there was a group that, I'll give you 20 seconds of audio that I collected from uh, at post-Mike Freeman press conference. Okay. And I'm here to tell y'all that we're tired of it. Y'all ain't seen the city tow up. Oh, we're tired yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the right thing, like Spike We are trying to 
Mm -hmm. Well, whoever those guys were talking uh, have bought the narrative. And the narrative is that they're merely the targets of police officers. Not true. And it's a harmful narrative. If you believe that, if you believe that as a black male in Minneapolis, you're vulnerable to, to the behavior of the police, then why wouldn't you do everything in your power not to flee the police? Why wouldn't you do everything in your power to just stand there, put your hands up in the air, and, and, and then if you want to jaw at the cops, go ahead. What did I do, man? I didn't do anything. Why are you stopping me? But you're standing there. In the interest of self-preservation. In, in self-preservation. Yes. And, and, I, and, I, and, and somehow Fry is able to draw up 200 years of history to account for this episode. It was an episode of extraordinarily poor behavior. It would have been poor behavior no matter the ethnicity of the of the dead person. It was lousy behavior. Maybe fueled by gin. I don't know. I don't know if the guy was hammered or not. I don't know that either. And he clearly had a gun. That that was you, know, you had witnesses lie about that. You had witnesses say, Oh, he didn't have a gun. The hell he didn't. He had a gun. He had a gun. But Joe, even uh, I- And another thing I wanted to ask Pounds or Armstrong. And I'm not trying to be a smart Alec. I don't know what name she's going by now. Uh, well, I don't even think I'd get the answer because my question would be: what What would satisfy you here? What outcome would satisfy you? Because Mike Freeman's not going to press charges. He found this entirely justifiable, and and that's what you just heard. Once he said that, uh, he was pretty much uh, uh, hectored off his own podium and left the room. And then a group of uh, activists, including many Blevins family members, took over that podium, and 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 the you know TV cameras were rolling, so they had the stage, and we have more of that for you uh, coming up. Uh, why don't we take a break here before I get too long winded? Just a moment. That audio you just played of the activists who had disrupted Freeman's press conference? Yes. Okay, that was this morning. Uh, Freeman began speaking during a 10.45 a.m. news conference before protesters in the room interrupted him and began speaking into the microphone. Protesters expressed frustration following the release of police body camera video of uh, Thurman... Uh, Blevins. Freeman had scheduled the news conference originally to discuss updates in the Blevins case. He was not able to finish that, although he did uh, in, he did announce there will be no charges filed. So he found it justifiable, and I would imagine that's when the activists went went uh, bananas. Okay. You'd think they would want to hear him out completely. Neil? Yeah, Mr. Mayor. A couple things. There, the protesters are, are asking us to not believe our own eyes. Mm-hmm. That gun is in clear, plain sight. He's reaching around to take a shot at the cops. Well, that I that I cannot determine. I, I, I'm staying away from that because I'm not capable okay. of making that determination. Okay, that that's what I that's what I'm seeing. That's what I think. I believe I saw, mm-hmm. and 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 this is true. I'm truly. I believe this. 
the Black Lives Matter and the people that are protesting this whole deal, they truly believe that the cops should not be anywhere in Minneapolis. They think they are in a scene from the Warriors where all the gang members are gathered and they think they can overtake this city. I truly believe that they don't think the police belong anywhere. It is just outrageous that there's citizens in this modern civilization that think that there's no place for police. And they're the first ones that call when someone kicks in their door. And it's just outrageous to see that behavior. And Bob Kroll's a good good guy, a stand-up guy. All right, thank you. Uh, I was thinking that to myself, rhetorically. When I keep trying to come up with what would Nakima find agreeable, and again... By default, she appears to be the major spokesperson in opposition to uh, the findings today, or that came out last night. What would she? And I thought I, one of the things I came up with was okay, no police, uh, no police between I don't know fifty five on the on the uh, south, uh, six ninety four on the north. Uh, 94 or, uh, 494 on the, no, I wouldn't go out that far. 55 on the South, 100 on the West, uh, 694 on the North, 94 on the East. Should we just not police that area? I, I, I would think the residents would find that unthinkable. Uh, how about only black police officers in that neighborhood? Would that, would that be agreeable? Oddly enough, I was thinking about this this morning. If I if I was a a, a young African American youth, a black youth, uh, you know what? I think I'd want to be a cop. I'd want to be a cop to to just I don't know to fix things. I guess. Jim. Hello, Jim. No. Yes. Sorry, I'm a mailman. A dog's coming at me. Um. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was uh, doing a collection on Friday, and I had to pick up mail at the BCA, Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Mm-hmm. And that was when they did a, they had, there was a Black Lives Matter march up Maryland. And I pulled in front of the door to get the mail at the collection box, and some woman just told me, said, uh, they're closed. And I said, well, I'm just going to get the mail in the mailbox here. And she was like, oh, it's kind of laugh. Put the key in the mailbox turn around and there was a woman two inches from my face screaming at me telling me that I'd better not talk to people that way I can't talk to people that way that I'm a federal employee and what what what, she, what what was she accusing you of I think she was just trying to pick a fight and I like I told Rook I think she was so goofy she thought I was a cop because I had a blue uniform oh okay okay but she just got right in my face and started screaming at me for absolutely no reason. Yeah. All right, hang in there. Thanks. Tom? Hey, Joe. Yeah. You know, you had just asked the hypothetical question, should there only be black police officers there? And my wife and I actually just watched a, I think it was a Netflix documentary, multi-part about Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's just about what they're, police officers undergo on a daily basis. And there was an African-American police officer who said that he had really good friends in high school and just out of high school who will not talk to him anymore 
given that he's a police officer. Mm-hmm. And you could tell from this guy's face that after years of dealing with all this, he's just tired and ready to move on. But what he said was, you know, he said, if, if I quit, somebody from the neighborhood's not going to replace me. It's going to be some white guy from outside the city, and I don't want to do that to my community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what always goes through my head, Joe, and it's, you know, it's paraphrasing something you've said a thousand times. I would remind these protesters and the victim's family that if you want to change this, then get your education, don't have kids out of wedlock, mm-hmm. change the system from within, mm-hmm. because all you're doing, doing is alienating people like us. We're sick of it. Mm-hmm. We're sick of telling you what's evident to 99% of the people around us, and it's the 1% that's bringing this society down. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, the, the elephant in the room is the the idea. See, no one's going to call out Thurman Blevins for his extraordinarily lousy behavior, except, I guess, me. Well, and the fact that if he's a convicted felon and he has a gun. Right. You, you, but they didn't know that. Let's give, let's, let, okay. you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. They did, the cops had no reason to think we're dealing with a convicted felon here. They had a guy with a gun who refused to obey their commands. The elephant in the room is that what progressives do is they allow that behavior because they think it's justified by America's his, historical uh, inequities. They think that they think it's okay, apparently, for Thurman Blevins to not obey the uh, commands of a police officer because uh, he might have had uh, in his uh, ancestry uh, s- slaves. Well, uh, if we can't get over that hump, this is only going to deteriorate. I, I see no reason in the world why Thurman Blevins shouldn't be as responsible as any other citizen of Minneapolis Correct. for obeying what a copper tells him. And it has nothing to do with uh, you couldn't sit the front of a bus in Montgomery, Alabama. It has nothing to do with it. And until we get over that, you're, this is going to happen again and again and again and again because that's, that's, just, that's, provided, that's enabling poor behavior. There's no reason in the world this guy shouldn't have been as well behaved as anyone else would be expected to be behaved. You stand up and say, oh, God, what did I do now? Here they are. Hands in the air. And in his case, he would have had to say, I have a gun, but look where my hands are. Come and take the gun out of my pants pocket. Not in the holster where it was supposed to be, where it legally should have been. I don't know if he has a permit. Uh, we got to bring in the news. I just sent an email by, uh, maybe he doesn't want his last name used, Tom, who said, I called in with a potential hostage situation of a pedestrian near a vehicle at the end of the alley just before the kid was shot, meaning Blevins. Uh, Check at 202 of this video and you see him turning with the gun and the gun laying next to him as he falls. I just watched it. You quite clearly see him turning as though he intended to shoot. Here's Chris Reavers in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Sunshine and 81 degrees. This report is brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Stores in Bloomington, Fridley, and downtown Duluth. After winning the opening game Thursday night, the Twins dropped the final three to the Red Sox in Boston over the weekend. Yesterday, it was a 3 to nothing shutout loss. 
Jose Barrios started the game and didn't make it out of the fifth inning. Uh, newly acquired Boston starter Nathan Eovaldi went seven innings, allowing just four hits, striking out five. Uh, with the win, the Red Sox now sit at 41 games over 500, and they have a five and a half game lead over the Yankees, who own baseball's second best record at 67 and 37. What are the Twins now? Back to 10 games under? Yeah. Nine or 10? Yeah. Uh, Got to make it to 500 first. No, that's, huh? that's, that's now I've, I've given up on You're that. Given up on that. Yeah. Uh, they return home to host first place Cleveland tonight. Irvin Santana will make his second start of the season. He will start opposite Shane Bieber. First pitch from target field is at 7-10. The Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2018 was inducted yesterday in Cooperstown. 1991 World Series MVP Jack Morris was one of six members inducted. 1991, I had a chance to go back to Minnesota and complete the dream I had as a young boy. It would be a dream come true to follow in the footsteps of my heroes, Armin Killebrew, Bob Allison, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, and Rod Carew. I knew the Twins had a talented group of ball players, and free agency worked very well for me that year. The team chemistry was special, and every day I couldn't wait to get to the ballpark to see what was going to unfold. The Twins are eight games under 500. Okay, thank you. Uh, Another former... Congratulations, Jack! Yes, that was a very cool one. And and the the, uh, quote about St. Paul was pretty cool, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another former twin, Jim Tomey, along with Vladimir Guerrero, Alan Trammell, Trevor Hoffman, and Chipper Jones, made up the rest of the 2018 class. My favorite uh, Jack Morris moment ever did not involve me. Jack was signing baseballs at the Grand Avenue Fratelloni's Ace Hardware, mm-hmm. and Larry Fratelloni uh, brought my kids and wife over and said, Jack, meet the rookie's kids. These are the rookie's kids. And the, my son presented him a baseball, and Jack went, oh, great, and signed a baseball. <laughs> Who's the rookie? He was very, I, I don't think he really knew. Larry <laughs> knew, but uh, Jack was just like, okay, great. Can I hear great. kid? Give me the ball. Thanks. See you at the fair. Right. Uh, news notes from today. No charges will be filed against the two Minneapolis police officers who fatally shot and armed Thurman Blevins during a foot chase last month in a residential neighborhood. That, according to Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman, who announced that today. Witness testimony, body camera video, and forensic testing all proved that Blevins had a 9 millimeter semi-automatic handgun in his hand and refused multiple commands to drop the gun during the foot chase that ended in his death on June 23rd, Freeman said in a statement. About 10,000 more people were ordered evacuated as two wildfires moved toward small lake towns in Northern California, while the state's largest and deadliest fire of the year slowed slightly after days of growth, according to authorities. The twin fires in Mendocino and Lake counties flared up late Sunday, forcing the new evacuations from the 4,700 resident town of Lakeport and other communities near Clear Lake, about 120 miles north of San Francisco. The fires have destroyed six homes and threatened 10,000 others. So far, the flames have blackened 87 square miles with minimal containment. Those fires were among 17 burning across the state where fire crews were stretched to the limit. To the north, near Redding, California, where an unprecedented blaze killed six people, a man whose wife and two great-grandchildren were among the dead said he did not receive any warning to evacuate. CB, uh, a man told CBS News that he did not know his home was in danger when he left his wife, Melody, and the four- and five-year-old children to run an errand on Thursday. Mm. Uh, I saw an interview with this guy. Oh, my God. Ed Bledsoe was his name. It's just 
devastating. Heart wrenching. It is terrible. He literally ran to just go get something, and yeah. Came and back they in. texted him, "Come and save us," and he couldn't get to him. Holy. Mm-hmm. Some of the footage too. It's just it's it's unbelievable. Driving what dealing with down there. to Hastings yesterday. I have a serious question. Uh, we were looking at the farms and saw those big sprinklers. Yeah. Is there a way to get why in in preventing a further spread of that fire? Why can't we get those hooked up somehow? And it might, would be a logistical nightmare. But couldn't they preempt? Or doesn't that work? Preempt uh, let the the spread of more fire. Well, first of all, you were looking at irrigation systems that are unimpeded. That's just, they roll across flat land. There's no way to do your idea through the woods. And I'm not trying to be at the edge of the woods, maybe. I know, I know what you're saying. We were trying to think of the logistics. You know what you're trying to do? Come up with a million dollar idea. Dismantling those. Well, the unfortunate thing here too, Rook, is this is the combination of so many factors. The, the, how dry it's been out there, the wind that's going on right yeah. now, and the fact that, you know it's just they haven't had any rain. That's that's what's leading to all of well, this. Well, I'm just I'm trying to solve the problem. I'm not right. blaming it on right. climate change, by the way. I'm right. just there. Oh there are God. a lot of factors that uh, I probably wouldn't uh, live in an area where I knew fires were uh, considerably routine. Well, and that's there. There was a quote here. I'll I'll see if I can find. I it. bet it's gorgeous country. Yeah, the, and the, the the fire captain said, you know, we get fires like this here all the time, yeah. but we're able to contain them routinely. This is just one where. It's just bigger than we can handle. Is this the one where the dummy allegedly started it? No, it was a it was a car. One of them was a car fire. I don't know. Okay, there was an idle. There was a car that had broken down on the side of the road that started one of these. Wow. I don't know if it was the large one, but it was one of these fires. Got it. For the third straight day, authorities and investigators are looking into a plane crash in Minnesota. The Crow Wing County Sheriff's Office today was responding to a crash near the Brainerd Airport, reported just before 11 a.m. A sheriff's office spokesperson said an investigation is underway but had no other information. Nothing had been reported to the FAA. Over the weekend, two small planes crashed 24 hours apart in Douglas County in western Minnesota, killing one of the pilots, authorities said Sunday. Around 7.30 p.m. Saturday, several witnesses notified 911 that a plane crashed in Lagrand Township, the sheriff's office said. Emergency medical personnel arrived and found the pilot, Kenneth Ryan, 64, of Alexandria, already dead. Uh, the first crash happened about 7 p.m. Friday when the plane lost power and made an emergency landing into Lake Winona, just west of Alexandria, according to the sheriff's office. A lawsuit filed yesterday in U.S. District Court in Kansas City seeks $100 million in damages on behalf of two of nine members of an Indiana family who died when a tourist boat sank July 19th at Table Rock Lake near Branson. Others killed were from Arkansas, Illinois, and Missouri. This tragedy was the predictable and predicted result of decades of unacceptable, greed-driven, and willful ignorance of safety by the duck boat industry in the face of specific and repeated warnings that their duck boat and death trap for passengers impose grave danger to the public on water and on land, the lawsuit alleges. Ripley Entertainment Incorporated, Ride the Ducks International, and Ride the Ducks of Branson uh, are named in the lawsuit, which was filed by a team led by a Philadelphia-based legal firm that has litigated previous lawsuits involving duck boats. They want 100 mil. 100 million dollars. Yeah, good luck. Norwegian authorities today defended the actions of guards from a German cruise ship that killed a polar bear that had attacked and injured a crew member, saying that they at first tried to scare it away. 
A 42-year-old German man who was not identified sustained minor head injuries from the attack. The incident sparked international outrage with animal rights activists saying that it was wrong to begin with to let tourists from the MS Bremen cruise ship encroach upon territory known as a habitat for the vulnerable species. The German cruise ship operator said on its Facebook page that the purpose of the landing was not to serve the purpose of the polar bear observation. On the contrary, polar bears are only observed from aboard the ships from a safe distance. Is Dave Dahl available? When we come back. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Souchere. We're joined by Ren Claire at the Channel 5 Weather Center. Good afternoon, you guys. Hi. Hey, so it's a gorgeous day out there temperature-wise. We're currently at 81, pretty seasonable for us with partly to mostly sunny skies. So like what we saw over the weekend, we're again looking at the chance for a couple scattered showers, a few thunderstorms, mainly south of I-94 here from about now through 8 o'clock tonight. Otherwise, we're mostly clear tonight with temperatures in the mid-60s and light winds. Tomorrow, mid-80s, mostly sunny skies, very comfortable with temperatures starting to fall off midweek as our next storm system approaches. So we'll be a little bit cooler in the upper 70s Wednesday and Thursday with the chance for some scattered showers and thunderstorms Wednesday afternoon and evening. Enjoy it, you guys, because by the time we head into Friday, we're right back to the heat, humidity, and strong storms are possible through the weekend as well. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still trying to figure out what the activists would find agreeable. Among the activists who took over uh, Mike Freeman's podium today was a young fellow who announced that he intended to uh, perform a poem that he wrote. Right? Yes. Uh, Do you want to play a little of that poem? Uh, Yes. This is the young gentleman that uh, he took the... uh, all right, you guys. One last piece. Rashawn Brown. R A S H A U N. Last name Brown, just like the color. Yep. All right, you guys. And I wanted to do a poem. I wrote a poem. I heard about a lost loved one. I'm a real close friend of the family. Blood couldn't make us any closer. When I found out this happened, I wrote a poem right away. Now, let me drink a little water first, because man, this is definitely draining. Why well, am I only hearing it in one ear? Draining. Yes. It's just the way it was recorded oh. from them. He took a little swig of water, and now he's going to... Well, he drowned half the bottle. Yeah, he was thirsty. Is there a mic? Is this on? All right. Listen. These situations get handled in the most nonchalant way. It's starting to feel like a scandal. We just lost two in broad day. Some innocent souls who happen to be in harm's way. Another repeated incident, but we learned the hard way. This at home on Broadway left us at a standstill. Then they say we all... Yeah, and I can't... Uh... Well, there's some profanity. Yes, he uses the N-word and uh, the S-word, so I'm just going to kill it there. But are you an innocent soul when you're running from the police after having failed to do what they asked you to do and you have a gun in your hand? But even back up further than that, Joe, when you talked about the behavior of Mr. Blevins... When he made the conscious decision as a as a convicted felon to arm himself with a handgun, that that okay, that was another bad choice that he made. And I, you know, I never met the guy. I don't know him. I don't know what kind of guy he was. But that would be at that point 
don't don't do that because if you get caught with a gun, you're going to be in trouble. Stuart writes: the first thing we teach in our permit to carry class is to not move an inch and in no way get your hands anywhere except on top of your head. If the cops want the gun, you let them come and get it. Freeze and stay that way. He is allowed by state law to have a gun not in a holster as a law-abiding citizen, but Mr. Blevins was a felon and therefore broke the law. He was not allowed to have a handgun. So now now what? Uh, that, that elephant in the room, if we don't get over that hump, this will never be cured. And that, that hump is that you have uh, leftists. They're not even liberals. They're, leftist mysterians who wish to excuse this behavior as a result of systemic uh, inequities that have happened over the years. Okay, well, that's me, not going to work. It's not going to work. This question to the to the to the group that overtook the press conference which would be friends and family of the to the guys that were, you know, shouting down uh about the cops. Mm-hmm. What would your what would you say to them? To calm them, what would you say? It's interesting. Because we're experiencing the same thing that we talked about last week when it came to climate change hysteria. Reason cannot compete with hysteria. I I could not have succeeded walking into that room and say what I've been saying for the last 50 minutes. It would not. It would have fallen on deaf ears. You would have been shouted down. It's going to take. It's going to take. uh, It's. It's going to have to be somebody other than me. That someone they would respect and listen to. It's not going to be okay. Then here's the catch twenty two. If you get that person. Uh, say it's a pastor of a church in in Minneapolis yeah. or wherever. Yeah. Uh, but he's a he's a, a community leader. He or she has to be the one that says we need to really look at the way we're raising uh, kids on the north side or wherever. Well, I think Pounds could do a world of good by changing her tune. But she's going to be called out as a as a sellout. Well, but, then she, as, but she's got then she's got to develop the courage to, to to do that. She's got to say we are as equally accountable for these situations as anyone else in the city and if we don't start behaving and following the orders of police, we are going to see more of our people lost. This is unacceptable. We must obey the laws. We must respect authority figures. We must behave in a way that we expect everyone in the world should behave. We are not to be excused in any way. There is no justification for excusing poor behavior. None. Why Why hasn't that been done already? Simple. And you're never going to hear that from the mayor. And you're never going to hear it from her. And you're not going to hear it from the kid who wrote the poem. It wasn't really a poem. It was a pretty good rap song. It's a rap, basically a rap tune, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. That's the only, the that's only, the only answer way to, to save all of this. Okay, now, she might have thought, because uh, I think Heinze tried to get to this, and again, he couldn't get five words in. But she she was, and again, I'm paraphrasing, she was alluding to the idea that uh, the cops could have approached the guy and, and somehow in a nonviolent way handled this. Well, how were they to have approached the guy? The minute they got out of their squad car... He took off. He ran. He ran. And they noted upon his swift departure that he had a gun, which presumably is why they ran after him. Well, especially Maybe they wouldn't have run report. after him. Maybe they wouldn't have run after him if they were certain that he didn't have a gun. I don't know how they could have determined that, but but let's say they knew he didn't have a gun. Maybe they wouldn't have run. But Nakima, Nakimi, you're you're naive. What what do you want? And and that, this has been brought up by the likes of her. Uh, no police. I've I've heard that discussed. Let's have a city without police. I hope that doesn't work. Well, that's not going to work. 
So now you got these two coppers out there that are entrusted with maintaining the public peace, correct? Isn't that what the coppers do? Yes. They're maintaining the public peace and safety of the public. What are they supposed to do? Say, ah, the hell with him. He's not going to shoot anybody. Oh, once word gets out of that, they know it's carte blanche. We're we're going to get back in our car and go get some donuts. (laughs) We're not... (laughs) We're not going to follow him. He, we're just going to hope he doesn't shoot anybody. Let's, let's, would, okay. Everything might have worked out. Mm. We don't know. But what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to ignore these situations? You can't, you can't because they're sworn. They're sworn to protect the innocent that may have been hit by a stray bullet. This video absolutely does precisely what the mayor of Minneapolis wants. It provides transparency. It was plainly clear that you had a young man who had no intention whatsoever of obeying the law. So how were, how, uh, Nakima, you'll come on with me one day. I know you will. How Nakima, Nakima, you, you wanted them to approach the guy, maybe handle this a different way. He took off. He took off running. There really wasn't a way they could have successfully approached him. Uh, Look at the clock. Just a minute. We'll be right back. Because if you don't, I'll let you finish that. They're they're not to be prosecuted because their their behavior was lawful under a Minnesota statute. Why are they throwing out law? Why, you can't throw out. Why don't they understand? You can't throw out the law. Dave, really quick. Mike. Mike. Joe, how are you? Bob, can you hold? I don't have enough time. No, I'm sorry. Sure, I'll hold. All right, put them back. Uh, this hour just flew by. Yeah, where did the time? And I, I I'm not done yet either. We got. I hope you have more. You got another hour. Well, yeah, it's it's taken care of. I got another hour. Uh, Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's eighty-two. Garage Logic uh, will be coming back shortly.